Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode four of the All Things Good podcast from Luther Memorial. I'm Pastor Tony, and I'm excited to share with you the first of what will be many interviews with interesting people about the intersection of faith and our real lives. I sat down with Belinda Cullo, a therapist in her beautiful Quincy home, to talk about mental health and how important it is to be able to acknowledge our struggles and seek the care that we need. It's something that so many of us put off and avoid to our own detriment and also to the detriment of those closest to us. I know because I did that for a long time. There are a couple of moments in this conversation when it really hit home for me how critical this conversation is, and I hope that it's helpful for you. We're going to have more sermons and interviews coming each week, and if you'd like to join us for worship at Luther Memorial, you can find us at 12th and Jersey in Quincy every Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m. For more information about Luther Memorial or this podcast, you can visit lmcquincy.com or find us on Facebook by searching Luther Memorial Church, Quincy, Illinois. All right, here we go. All right, I'm here uh, with my friend Belinda Cullo in her very beautiful and well-appointed home here in Quincy. Um, you might hear some charming traffic noise uh, go by and maybe the jingle of a, a dog collar. Uh, Belinda has one cute dog and three really sweet uh, cats that are going to be running around while we talk. Uh, so Belinda, thank you uh, yeah. for letting me come and, and talk to you today. We're going to be talking about mental health uh, for today's episode of the All Things Good podcast. Um, you know, I have a lot of different topics that I want to talk about for this podcast, and, and many of them are things that, you know, we just don't talk about in church very much. Those are the things that really, um, um, I, I guess, excite me. And, and I, when I first started thinking about this podcast, I came up with a long list of really interesting people in my life that I wanted to talk to, and, and you were right up there at the top, oh, and I'm, I'm really, <laughs> really you. grateful. Um, so Belinda is uh, a therapist working in, in mental health. Um, and, and I want to just begin by uh, talking a little bit about uh, how I got to know Belinda. We, we worked together uh, for a community organization, and uh, it was at a time in my life when I was beginning to come to terms with the fact that I was experiencing depression. And that's something that I've experienced, I think, almost all of my adult life, um, but just didn't, didn't, what wasn't able to call it what it was. And the only way that I was able to begin to realize what I was going through is the way that it sort of bounced off the other people in my life. I think that if I was a single guy living by myself, I probably would have gone on longer, but, but seeing how it affects family life, you know, um, is really what raised the alarm for me and caused me to, to seek the help that I need. And so Mm -hmm. I had been, um, receiving counseling for about two years. Um, and it was very helpful but I was still going through the cycles of the ups and downs and, and feeling really, really bad sometimes for no apparent reason. Mm-hmm. And I thought that maybe the problem was I, I needed to change to a different counselor. And so Belinda was the only therapist that I knew personally. And so I sent her an email and asked her if she could recommend one. And she was very, very professional about that. She says that it's hard to do that because she hasn't been in the room with, with people. And, uh, but we were at a meeting one day and we went out on the sidewalk. I, I call it our sidewalk session. <laughs> yes, yes, I and remember. And Belinda asked me probably two or three questions that got right to the heart 
of what I was going through. And at, at a certain point in that probably 10 minute conversation, she sort of looked at me directly in the eye and said, Tony, you need medicine. And, and that's something I had been resisting with all my might. Mm-hmm. Um, I was sitting with a, another friend of mine uh, several months ago, and I, and I was t- telling him about this journey. And I said, you know, I, I really took pride in the fact that when I went to the doctor and they asked what medications I was on, I would say, I'm not on right. any medication. Sure. And my friend Brad uh, said, well, that was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> And it was, but it, yeah, I, I needed right, somebody right. that I trust, somebody who I knew cared about me to say that. And that very day I went down to my doctor and, and asked for a prescription. And that, um, it hasn't fixed me, but it like, it, it's made it a lot easier to deal with. Right. And so I'm, I'm grateful for that, yeah, for that moment in my, in my journey. Yeah, good. So I want to um, begin with, with, uh, with a question here for Belinda and simple one. First of all, Belinda, how did you get into this work? And what kind of therapy or counseling do you provide? Yeah, sure. So, you know, that's always uh, an interesting question. And, you know, to be fair, (laughs) to be fair, that question could be asked almost of anybody in any line of work. You know, how how did you come to to work in the field that you work in? And so I think ultimately for me, I knew from the time I was five years old that I wanted to be a therapist. Wow. Five. I remember watching Charlie Brown. And I remember seeing Lucy hand out advice for five cents. Sure. And I thought, that's something I want to do. Yeah. And I come from a pretty toxic family myself. Sure. Okay. Um, naturally, what five-year-old wants to look at Lucy <laughs> and, uh, you know, give out, give out yeah. a, you know, five cents worth of advice. Yeah. But anyway, and so what I did was I actually, um, we lived in a sort of tenement building in New York City at the time mm-hmm. on the top floor. And so in the back of the hallway, I actually set up my own little table with two chairs and I would invite my family to come and talk to me. And so that was the did true. Did they <laughs> Oh, they did. Oh, I remember my own father coming and, and talking to me. And I think one of my brothers at, at, the, at the time. And uh, honestly, I don't remember what the conversation was. <laughs> but they obliged me. And it was very nice for me to have that experience. But I would say, honestly, ever since then, um, that was pretty much... I had always wanted to become a therapist and you know life is quite circuitous and so it didn't it didn't happen for many many years sure. and to be fair I had to seek my own therapy sure. before I could ever yeah. actually become a therapist yeah. and it's something I highly recommend and sadly it's not something that um they all do so mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to eat your own cooking, right? Yeah, yeah, you, you, you really should. You really should. You should see what that experience is like. I want to talk just a little bit about some of the stigma that is connected with seeking mental health um, services. Sure. Um, you know, if, if I have um, something wrong, like if the, the check engine light comes on in my car, you know, I, I will immediately take it to somebody who knows what to do with that. Sure. Um, same with my body. If, if something is going wrong, if I'm experiencing pain or I need stitches, like no question, I'm going to go to the emergency room without any shame or, or hesitation. But it seems like it's different when we're seeking mental health mm-hmm. um, services. So 
What do you yeah. think are some of the biggest factors that, that keep people from seeking the help that they, they really need? Yeah. Well, um, you know, you do, you definitely have a, a, a really good point. And I mean, even, even, you know, yourself saying like, yeah. oh, I, I, I felt proud that I wasn't on medication, Totally. you know, and that we, we do tend to be quite resistant to medication yep. um, when it comes to our mental health. Yep. We don't have problems taking insulin if we have diabetes, yep. you know, um, or, you know, medication if we have heart problems. Yep. But you know there look there there is stigma there is stigma about it there certainly used to be we you know people that had mental health issues used to be called crazy they right. used to be um, put in institutions. Yeah. They were separated. Not very long ago, right? Not very long ago. Yeah. They were separated from the general population, you know, thinking that they were a threat to the general population. Yeah. And one of the things that we do know, Tony, is that most, many people that have severe mental health issues, in fact, they are the ones that are often targeted yeah. and that maybe could be um, hurt. Yeah. So, um, they tend and to be sometimes more... perhaps that mental unhealth has come from victimization in their past as well. Yes, right? sure. Yeah. yeah. So they they can often find themselves on the receiving end of sure. being the victim. Sure. Um, so, you know, I am happy to see that more and more people, um, uh, celebrities, mm -hmm. uh, famous people are coming forward talking about their own um, mm -hmm their own mental health issues, whether it's depression, mm -hmm. anxiety, um, you know, uh, PTSD, uh, whatever they may be going through. I think that actually does help to sort of break down the barrier. Normalizes. To, yeah, yeah, it normalizes it. Yeah. And um, I think that it would be really, it, it, it is it is helpful if we can be open about it, but I, I know that there is a sense of fear, especially as it may relate to our job. Yeah. It's one thing if yeah. our boss knows that we, you know, um, have a health issue. Mm -hmm. It's another thing if he, he or she thinks that we're struggling mentally. Right. So, um, why, yeah, why should those things not prevent us from, from seeking the, the help that we need? Yeah. Do you think? Well, um, because if we don't get the help that we need, we might not be around to seek help anymore. Yeah. You know? No, it's that serious, isn't it? Is it? That, it, it really is that serious. Yeah. And, you know, it, hopefully we are at a place that we can make that decision ourselves. Right. But sometimes when we don't get the help we need, yep. things devolve to a point yep. where we cannot. And, and I've heard that with, <clears throat> with therapy. The longer we let these issues go on, Un, uh, unaddressed or uh, yeah. it, the harder it is, the, the harder work that you have to do in, in therapy to, um, to find some, I don't know what the word is, healing or help. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, uh, certainly that's, that's, a, that's a good point and that can absolutely happen. I mean, it can go from, uh, you know, I, I've had, you know, I had anxiety and then the anxiety got so crushing that yeah. it then made me depressed. Now I have anxiety and depression yeah. and then it, it ruined my marriage and now I might need to right. seek marriage counseling. And so, you know, you, this is something you yeah. often see, speaking of marriage yeah. counseling, you do often see that, that very often by the time people get to me for marriage counseling, yep. they are so far down the road in the in, entrenched in these habitual behaviors yep. Yep. that it is so not unusual that by the time people get to marriage counseling it's already over mm -hmm. for you know, for mm -hmm. them. And that doesn't mean that there's not you know, that there's not hope, but it is 
if one can seek help when one starts having issues, yeah. it certainly would be better yeah. in, in general to, I, to nip things in the bud. I so want to propose one possible reason why people might not, and, and you can tell me if you think that this is, is valid or not. It's just something that came to my mind. Mm, mm-hmm. I think that maybe people usually assume that we know ourselves mm. much better than we actually do. Mm-hmm. You know, we've been living with ourselves our whole lives, obviously, mm-hmm. and, and we assume that we kind of understand. But to me, it's almost like a, a computer. I, I'm i pretty good at working a, a computer, um, you know, doing all the things that I need to do on the computer externally, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if, if, if something goes wrong internally with the computer, I am absolutely useless. And I, th- right, I think right, of right. my life a little bit as the same way, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. I assume that I know how to, how to go about things, but when, when something goes wrong internally, yeah. you know, it, it, it's not always clear to me where that, you know, where that came from or what to do about it. Yeah. You, you know, that's funny. I really like that you brought that up because that is not something I would have thought about. The reason that I say that is that what I find mm-hmm. on the other end of the couch Please. is that people mostly do not know themselves. I thought that's what I was saying. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yes. Okay, yeah. yeah. Well, but you were saying that people think they know themselves. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Yes. And I, I think they think I, you're probably right. Maybe that's why they're not seeking counseling, um, gotcha. is that they, they think, well, I know myself better than anybody else. Right. And right. In, what could this person that I've never met never before met. possibly tell me about me that yeah. I don't already know? It's yeah. funny. I mean, we are speaking from different sides of the same coin, sure. right? Sure. But it is true that one of the things that once you really get into counseling and really get into the thick of it, yeah. one of the things that, that really comes to the surface is how little we actually know about our own yeah. selves. And the real work of yeah. therapy, the real work of counseling, yeah. isn't your marriage, isn't your your boss, isn't I, I lost my job. It's none of those things. It's really about getting to know yourself in yeah. relationship to all those things right. that are maybe going wrong. Right. And that is the true task of sitting in that room week after week yeah. of really getting to know yourself. So yeah. it, you, you bring up a very interesting um, point. It's exactly the opposite of, yeah. of what's truly going on. Sure. Yeah. So, um, nice. you know, this is, uh, it's, it's a, a church sort of faith based podcast. Sure it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and so I want to touch upon that, that just a little bit. I, mm-hmm. Uh, I know that you're a person of faith. Yes. Uh, Belinda actually grew up Lutheran. Which I did. I'm, yes. I'm a Lutheran pastor, yes. so we have that, that connection. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, which I love. <laughs> Do you think that people of faith are any less likely to seek mental health care? So are there any specific roadblocks that exist for people of faith? I know that this yeah. is something that we don't talk about very much in the right. church, but what, what do you yeah. think about that? Well, you know, um, yeah, it's 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 not necessarily something I think about a lot. I mean, you know, uh, Tony, you and I, we both happen to live in the Midwest. We are living in the Bible Belt. Yeah. And so we've seen this maybe from, you know, different perspective, yeah. perspectives, you as a minister, me as a therapist. Um, I do think that what what I see is... I think that some people, if, if they are a person of faith or particularly Christian, depending on your... The, the, 
your belief system mm-hmm. also, okay? There's many different churches. Yep. Um, I do think that some people really, um, they believe that Jesus is the answer, right? Mm-hmm. And Jesus is the answer. I mean, <laughs> uh-huh. and we know this. Yeah. Um, but even in terms of that, it sort of goes along with, well, nobody knows me better than myself. Yeah. You know, how are you going to help me? I have Jesus. Yeah. Um, and that's true. But the thing is, prayer is really highly important okay but if you get to a point where you're 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 trying to pray away your mental illness and it's not working Mm -hmm. i think you need to get to a place where you can say i think i need help beyond this i love god i love jesus this is this has nothing this is not some sort of stain on this relationship i have right with 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 god but that um you know God helps those that help themselves sort of thing, you know, so get the help you need. But I I do wonder if that is an aspect of it. The other thing is that there are churches um, that have their own sort of in-house counselors now Mm -hmm. or, or, you know, um, or, or therapists. And so sometimes some of the thing that you see is that you also see a bit of a mistrust mm-hmm. of, um, you know, of people that go to church that don't trust therapists unless they are only Christian counselors. Yep. So you, you sort of have that other, that, that other side of it is like, well, I'll only, yeah. go, to, I'll only go to a therapist if they're a, a, a Christian counselor. And, you know... That, that that's, the, that's the only thing that I, I could say about that, is that I think that there's this, this sort of possibility that there is also a sort of mistrust of, of yeah. therapists, yeah. Um, and that I will only go under the, you know, the guise of, you know, uh, if you are religious-based. Right. So. Right. Yeah. No, that's, that's yeah. helpful. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I wonder if you could speak a little bit to... How do you know, and, and, and this could be in a situation with parents and children or, or a friend or even yourself, how do you know when, um, when what you're experiencing is something that is just sort of regular moodiness or you know, just the regular trials that we go through in life and our response to them and when we actually need to seek help? Yeah. Well... <clears throat> A lot of the times, a lot of what we might be going to can can be explained away by situations, right, sure. or by cycles of life. Yep. Um, and so you, it, it's it's a very good question. How do I know that what I'm going through isn't just something that might be passing, or you know, situational, or can be explained away by something? And you know, it. It's easier in some situations than others, mm-hmm. okay? I, I, I wish I could give you a cleaner answer to this question because it's, a, it's, a, it's an important question. Um, and let's, let's face it, it's sort of like the, the it, it sort of goes in tandem with how do I know when somebody I'm working with um, might need to also be on medication instead of just talk therapy. Right. And so the, the question is, okay, Where are you? How is it affecting your life? Is it is what you're going through now affecting your marriage? Is it affecting your grades? Is it affecting your job? Mm 
Sure. You know, we all, I mean, you know, as humans, we all live with a certain amount of anxiety, right? Yeah. Anxiety is actually what propels us yeah. to actually get things done. Sure. Um, and so we all need a certain amount of healthy anxiety. And, you know, anxiety is what keeps us um, uh, from committing crimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? I don't want to go to jail. <laughs> I don't, you know, we don't, we don't speed because we don't want a ticket. We know there's some sort of consequence on the other side of it. Sure. So, you know, anxiety to some degree keeps us in check. So yeah. we have to recognize what is there, where is this healthy component compared yes. to this unhealthy component? Yes. You know, am I depressed because, you know, um, my, um, my, friend died or am I depressed because I'm I have a biological propensity and so we have to recognize what is the difference between sort of something that's situational you know like but like you know we as parents very very common for mental health issues to start during puberty Mm. also very easy to mistake them for going through puberty sure um well you know the reason she lost so much weight is because she's going through puberty. Mm-hmm. We don't think it's an eating disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, we can explain it away by, you know, a growth spurt, yeah. maybe. Well, she got taller, and so this is, you know, what happened. Yeah. Or, you know, somebody that exercises a lot and is on track at school has lost quite a bit of weight, but we're not, we're, we're, we can explain that like, yeah. well, you know, they, they, they've been running. This is what's going on. So a lot of things can be kind of explained away situationally, and I think that it's really hard for the layperson to tell. Yeah. Okay, sometimes we're too close to it, Tony. Mm-hmm. We're too close to our child, to our spouse, yes. to really see. Certainly to ourselves, this gets back to this yes. sort of not really knowing ourselves yeah. or thinking we know ourselves. Um, and so I would say that one of the things that I would like to address about that is... For somebody that's ever been on the end where they felt that, why didn't I know? Mm-hmm. I should have known better. I should have seen this. I want them to forgive themselves. Right. Forgive yourself. Right. Because so much of our lives can be explained away in other things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some of the onus is on the person that's struggling to also be able to say, yeah. hey, I don't think I'm doing okay yeah. here. Because... They hide it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And it's not just even about this stigma, like they're hiding it from a boss. They hide it from the people they love the most, sure. that they can trust Absolutely. the most. It's difficult to go to your spouse and say, I'm struggling with depression. Yeah. I didn't want to tell you. I was afraid you wouldn't have faith in me that I can continue to support the family. Yeah. Those are really yeah. help, helpful guidelines, but I think something else that you're putting your finger on here is that it's, it's not easy or clear. It's not, it's, not. it's not simple. And maybe if we're, if we're unsure and we're really suffering, yeah. let's err on the side of making a call yeah. and taking a step, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's very unlikely that, that uh, therapy is going to hurt us, right? Yeah, <laughs> and, 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 right. And probably it's going to teach us something about ourselves. Yes, um, sure. We're... we're sure. Um, need to probably start wrapping up, but yeah, there's yeah. something that you were talking with me about that I, I want to make sure we cover. Um, there's a couple of myths about therapy or counseling yeah. that, that you brought up, and yes. I, I really wanted you to share that. Yeah, sure. Well, you know, I think the the couple of myths, and I've, I, I know this from being in the room, right, with, with clients, um, is, you know, you sort of get along in counseling, and 
the client will be like, you know, I thought therapy, I was just going to come here and feel good. (laughs) And oftentimes I leave and I feel terrible. Yeah. I feel bad. And I think that one of the myths is that I'm going to go to counseling and I'm going to feel better. Mm -hmm. To be fair, that is the goal. Yes. Of counseling. Yes. But that's probably not something that's going to happen on the front end. Yeah. Okay. On the front end, going to counseling is painful. Mm-hmm. And it's because we come in full of pain. Yes. And to be sitting there, your therapist is not your cheerleader. Mm. Now, of course, I am there to be empathetic mm-hmm. and to sit with you yep. in your painful times. But it is also my job to point out the areas of which you are the agent of change in your life mm-hmm. and where you may be responsible for some of the pain that you are enduring currently. Yep. Yep. You know, I mean, not always. I mean, you know, sometimes you are a victim of, 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 of circumstance. Mm-hmm. But we look for the area where you can make the change of empowerment. Right. Um, so anyway, so, you know, this sort of, I'm going to go to counseling and I'm going to feel better and this person's going to, you know, tell me all these wonderful things about myself. We might have to get through a lot of junk yep. before we get to that place. Yeah. Um, so I would say that's myth number one. And then, you know, um, myth number two, I think, is that I think that people think that the work just comes from going once a week to seeing your therapist. Mm. You know, well, I got, you know, people can go to therapy for years and never get anything out of it. Yeah. You know, sitting in the room with me once a week mm-hmm. is not going to fix anything for you because the work gets done the rest of the hours and days that we're not together. It's my job to help shine a light on the area that needs change, that needs to be changed. This was a surprise to me when I first went to counseling is I had homework sometimes. (laughs) Yes! I wasn't expecting that and it was a challenge because Yeah. I, I was struggling and I was in pain. And so to, to add work to that was, was hard. Yes. But it was also just absolutely essential. Yeah. And it's, it's worth the effort. It um, is. I, my, my hope for this conversation that we're sharing is that, I mean, if even one person yeah. was moved by this conversation to pick up the phone mm-hmm. and, and, and call the yeah. local you know, medical clinic or hospital or their doctor and, right. and to, to take one step towards the healing that they need. I mean, yeah. if you're thinking about that, please take the step. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I, I know for myself, if I hadn't taken steps to um, seek the healing and treatment that I need, you know, it wouldn't have ended in a positive mm-hmm. way. And so right. I'm really glad that I did for myself and, and for my family. And not just that, but like, um, you know, for generations, like especially as a parent, sure. you know, we're, yeah. we're not just affecting our own families, but the generations that come after us. And so it's, yeah. it, it's so worth it to, yeah. to seek this help. Just real briefly and, and to yeah. end, I, I wonder if, if you could give just a few sort of um, words of guidance to somebody who might be listening yeah. and, and thinking about taking that first step towards mm-hmm. counseling or therapy, but they don't know what that step is. Yeah, sure. So, you know, look, it, it, while it's very difficult and it's painful, and as I said, you know, we, we, we often don't talk to the people that we need to talk to, the ones that we trust the most. I would say that that's the first place to start. You know, if you're thinking about like, I think I might need to speak to somebody. Um, you have to go outside of yourself. Mm -hmm. You really do have to reach out Mm -hmm. to somebody. If you do want it to be completely anonymous, 
make a phone call to a mental health agency if you don't feel comfortable quite yet talking to somebody closest to you. Mm -hmm. My hope is that you have somebody in your life that you can trust, that can be an ear to you, but ultimately professional help is the way, is really the way to go. So ask somebody that you trust if they have anybody that they can recommend. Mm -hmm. Often it is word of mouth. Yep. Um, and really, um, sooner rather than later as, as you and I had, had talked about. So that's all you can do is just take the first step and that'll get you on your way. Yeah. So Belinda, thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks for having me. That's great. Sharing your wisdom and, um, uh, do really hope that this conversation encourages some to to take that step that they really need to take. Um, so again, Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Thanks so much for having me. (laughs) Thanks so much for listening to this episode of All Things Good. I want to touch on very briefly a couple of things that Belinda and I didn't get to address. I know that in my story, two of the main obstacles for seeking counseling were time and money. Belinda referred a couple of times to weekly therapy sessions, and that's not uncommon. In fact, sometimes it may be necessary. But there's no law saying that you have to see your therapist weekly. If you feel like you don't have time for that in your schedule, then go twice a month or even once a month. The main thing is to start. It can also be a little bit overwhelming financially. Uh, Most of us don't have an extra pot of money just sitting around for therapy. If you have insurance, that's certainly one of the first calls that you'll want to make. For me, my insurance made counseling something that I could afford. If you don't have insurance, then there's likely a service in your area where you can find mental health services free or at a rate that you can't afford. In our area, that's Transitions of Western Illinois. Something else I learned along the way is that your family doctor is a very good person to talk to. They can direct you to the resources that you need, and they can prescribe medicine uh, that, that can be really helpful to you. Nothing, no perceived obstacle is more important than your well-being. And you, if you are a person of faith like me, then, then know that you have a God who loves you and wants you to have the help and support that you need. If you're in an emergency situation, then call 911, go to the ER, or call the National Suicide Prevention Hotline at 1-800-273-8255. Again, thanks for taking this podcast journey with us. If you're still listening, I hope that means that you're enjoying this podcast and finding it meaningful. If so, please like and share our posts on social media, and subscribe to the podcast on any of the many podcast platforms that All Things Good appears on. We'd love it if you would give us a review as well, All of that helps us to share this podcast with a wider audience. Thanks, and see you next week.